Greetings, greetings, and welcome to a brand new edition of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. I have another episode here for you today. We have reached episode 33. Man, I want to first give big shout out to all the listeners, everyone that's been tuning in on a weekly basis, always looking for new shows. Big ups to you, man. I, I'm just trying to keep it consistent with... um you know, these artist interviews and some of the talk shows that I do with my co-host A-Level. So um, tonight I have another guest. This is actually an artist I've been um, following for quite some time. I've known this brother probably well over a decade and his grind and his consistency as an MC has not let up. And I just love you know, just the, the mature content that he consistently puts out. He has actually a new project out with Ace Wonder called Crossroads, which we'll talk to him about today. He hails from central New Jersey, so he's out in the New York tri-state area. And he just, like like I said, consistently puts out music. He Every time I look online, there's like a new song out. Um, he even produces, which I didn't even know about. But um, yeah, man, I want to definitely bring him on the line so that we could talk and just build on, you know, some of the topics in his music. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to our Out the Box Talks listening audience, my brother hailing from central New Jersey, none other than Cy Marshall Law. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's good, Cy? A-Level, A-Level and Krill, thanks for having a brother. I appreciate, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Enough, enough uh, big ups to the whole out-the-box radio massive. Thank you for having me, Cy Marshall Law in the building. Word, word. And shout out to A-Level. He's not with me tonight, but... As always, man, big ups to you, A-Level. Whenever you're able to join the show, it's always a pleasure. But yeah, Sai, man, how's everything with you, man? How's life? How are you holding up in the times that we're living in? I I think I'm doing pretty well, but um, to be honest, it's hard to judge myself based on how others are doing because I don't, I, I haven't really spoken to, I haven't seen that many people because I'm in quarantine. Like my friends, I haven't seen them at all. Mm. So I'm only talking to them here and there. Like, we have Zoom meetings, but um, I think I'm doing pretty well. But, you know, it's it's rough out there, Krill. Um, you know, I have I have kids and just everything that's going on. There's a lot of information I need to provide my kids to make sure they're doing well. So I guess um, a, a good answer to how I'm doing would be how they're doing, and my kids are, are excelling in life. So that makes me a very happy father slash MC. That's but good. Yeah, I think I think I'm doing pretty good. That's good to hear, <laughs> man. Maintaining, man. I think we're all just striving to maintain some level of sanity and you know optimum health at this time. So it's good to hear that you're you know staying the course. Thank you, thank you. I'm doing my best. I know it's not it's not easy. Yes. Um, the whole being home thing is is kind of crazy. Right. Like right, I, like right. I said, I really haven't been outside and just. I feel like I've been inside my house. Nah, so I've been inside my house for six months. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of us. And um, are I know with that. Yeah, 
I was just going to say, I know a lot of people um, always wanted to work from home, but I, I, I bet you a lot of people want to go back out <laughs> now to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, you, you miss it. You know, they say you never miss the water till the well runs dry. So you miss it now that you're not experiencing, you know, um, it anymore that, you know, the outdoors, as, at, at least as, right. as it used to be. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Like I have a, um, a regular career when I'm not, you know, flying around the world and being an MC. I have a regular career as a, as a network engineer. And a lot of the time I'm in the office, but now um, I'm able to remote work from home, but it feels like I'm always at work because I never have that gap between going home and then being in the office. So it's, it's crazy. It's uh it plays a little trick on your, your mental, but wow, I'm doing my best. Good to hear. Good to hear. So I, every time I do these interviews, I kind of like to start by giving the audience just an introduction to you. Uh, just tell the people out there a little bit about how, you know, MCN became sort of a career path for you. Sure, sure. I could do that. So um, I was born in England by way of two Jamaican parents. My parents both moved to um, England when they were young and met each other. And um, when we were coming up in the house, my daddy uh, um, owned a sound set. Um, you're probably familiar with loud sound systems, uh, reggae clashes and stuff like that. So in England, my dad um, owned a sound set called Freedom Sound, and he would always have like uh, Jamaican MCs rocking out at his his parties and clubs or whatever. And a lot of times they would actually spend the night at uh, my parents' house before they mm. rocked the show the next day because they were coming from out of town. So all through my upbringing, when I was like, um, say, two, three, four, five, six, all the way up to like eight or nine when I moved to America, there was always an abundance of regular music playing around in my house. So I talked to a lot of... Um, American MCs, and they always say, like, uh, their parents are playing jazz around the house, and, like, the jazz artists influenced them and, and how they came to me. In my house, there wasn't jazz playing. There was always, like, old-school reggae artists like Alton Ellis and Dennis Brown mm. playing, so um, Bob Marley. So a lot of the stuff that I um, I recognized as being a, a dope MC, I, even though I didn't realize what was going on a lot of the time, I, I was watching the reggae artists. So as I... um grew up into my own we moved to new jersey in uh, 1990 and uh, my brother older brother was a hip-hop mc before me so um we had that jamaican background and then as he started to take off into his own independent thing he brought me in to the group ever living sound and then um ever living sound that was based off a sound set like my father's freedom sound so we're like a hip-hop sound set that's where ever living sound came from mm. And then um, when I'm not in the group with my brother, Ever Living Sound, I'm a solo artist, I'm martial law, and I, I, I feel like I, I have brought a lot of reggae and Jamaican influence mixed with hip-hop with me, and that's mm. pretty much who I am. It's, it's, it's an embodiment of, of hip-hop and reggae and the, the individualness in me and just coming out through the music like that. So I would say um, it's kind of a broad answer, but a, a bit of a detail but i would say that's where i came from music has always been in my family so beautiful beautiful self-expression is us that's beautiful and yeah. you know when i think about reggae and you think about hip-hop we know that you know hip-hop has reggae roots because of like cool herc and i believe flash right. also had uh kind of like a caribbean background too so that's pretty dope right. um to like kind of bring it back you know and and, and make that connection yeah right right so um yeah uh that's 
been my thing. A lot of times when I'm on stage, a lot of people say, yo, where do you get all that energy from? And if you watch like dance hall, reggae artists on stage, mm -hmm. that's where I'm getting it from. I, I grew up watching that. You've seen like whoever it is, whether it's Bounty Killer, Capleton, Sizzler, they have an abundance of energy. So yeah. every anytime anyone's ever seen me on stage, that's how I'm going on. And that's where, where I get it from. So um, besides that, uh, music has been in my family my whole life. And I've always been like in school. Um, I wasn't the greatest in math, but I was always in honors English classes because I always um, found a way to put in my own points into my English essays, and I love writing. So combine me being from England, Jamaican parents, and my love of writing and self-expression, mm -hmm. and then you have some martial law. Beautiful. Now, you have a new project out with Ace Wonder that was released a little earlier this year called Crossroads. Right. Uh, I definitely want right. to talk to you about that. I'm going to be actually referencing some of the lines from that album in this interview. But uh, talk to me a little bit about how y the connection between you and Ace Wonder came to be and how did this Crossroads album transpire? Sure, sure. Um, so Ace Wonder is a longtime friend. I've known him since um, the sixth grade, to be honest. When I first um, moved to a town in, in the fifth grade, I got on the basketball team um, in the sixth grade, and he was on that basketball team too, so we met like that. And in seventh grade, we weren't like super-duper friends in the sixth grade on the basketball team, but in the seventh grade, uh, we kept finding out we were like uh, seeing, like I would break up with a girl, and he would go out with the girl, and like so we kind of kept doing that, and to the point we, we kind of just had a mutual respect for each other. Like, yo, this dude is like getting the good looking girls and the one you know it was it was, it was like a young thing right, so right. since the seventh grade we've been like you know inseparable and we we always started we were always rhyming together and as were um a lot of my friends he was always super dope like always super dope whereas a lot of my friends um like he went end up ended up going to howard and i didn't go to college i um well i did go to college but i dropped out like immediately to pursue hip-hop and as where a lot of my friends were either going to universities or college right after high school, I I like I went full head on into hip hop. Like I told everyone, this is really who I am. This is what I'm doing, and I so wasn't playing. I ended up, you know, touring like 20 countries and everything. You kind of see me do, Krill. Wow. But a lot of my friends, um, <clears throat> you know, went to universities, had families, did this, that, and the other. But Ace was always still writing, and we were always still best friends. So um, it was like. To, to say where Crossroads comes from, to be very um, <clears throat> specific, the middle school that we um, ended up being best friends at or kind of met at is called Crossroads. It's um, Crossroads Middle School in South Brunswick, New Jersey. Mm, okay. So, so now we're at this point where um, I've done all this stuff in hip-hop. I've been in magazines, been on TV, been flying around the world, joints with KRS-One or whatever. And... Um, <clears throat> Right now, in, in this point in my life, in my um, 30s, I'm seeing a lot of the peers that I came up with um, slowing down. And um, it's no knock to them because, you know, you get older into your 30s, you start having families, you start having, you know, real problems, real issues. And yeah. it's really difficult to continue to do hip hop because you're definitely having more kids or whatever. So I'm seeing a lot of my peers at this age slow down. So I always say to my friends um never forget the person 
that you wanted to be when you were when we were young. You know, don't forget the shit that made you cool. Don't forget the shit that made your wife want to be your wife. Like the shit that made you bounce when you walk. Right. Never forget that shit. And I feel like at this age in particular, a lot of people are finding it very easy to forget that. And there's no knock on them because I said, you know, life comes in, whether you have to pay bills, it might be someone in your family passes, you might get married, you might have a kid, another kid. So at this age in specific, I'm seeing a lot of my peers that I came up rapping with just drop off one by one. So Mm. I feel like I, me and Ace both felt like we were at a crossroads. It's like, yo, what are we going to do? Like, mm. are we going to keep trying to be MCs and producers and like artists and shit? Or we can, you know, it would be very easy for us to come home after work, sit down and watch NBA games, play FIFA or whatever may have you, right. you know, spend time with our, our families and, and let hip hop go. Like we've seen, like I'm seeing a lot of people do right now, but, um, Yo, as I said in the beginning, the music thing for me most definitely is in my blood and in my family. So that option of letting it go, there, it, it can't happen because this is literally who I am. Mm. Like, and and trust and trust me, Crow, I've thought about it, and my heart just will not allow me to put the pen down. It just, wow. it, 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 I've, I've tr- trust me when I say I've tried. Like I, I went back to college twice. I've you know, I found a new career, but. Yo, in between all of that, I was writing and putting my heart and learning how to make beats and doing more videos. And for Ace, he, everything that I had done in like the past 20 years, he um, had put out a couple of projects, but never really pushed himself. But yeah. also he, he was at a point where it was like, yo, am I going to try to do this or not? So we were at a, both at a crossroads in two different ways. So that's where crossroads came from, the middle school name and us both being at a crossroads in our life and we, us kind of having to decide are we going to keep doing this shit or are we going to stop? So, so right. that's where Crossroads came from. Wow, that's that's a great story, man. I, I want you to hold right. that thought in terms of doing what you love because I definitely want to touch on that a little later on in the interview. Let me okay. ask you this, though. I said in the intro that I didn't know that you actually produced, right? It's so crazy. I've known about you for all these years, and I'm like, I, I didn't even know you produced. And I was actually scrolling through, and I saw, like, you had an instrumental project. I think it's called Sounds of Freedom Instrumentals. You, I think you dropped that, like, you last it. year. And I was, like, scrolling through, and I'm, like, listening to some of the beats. I'm like, yo, these beats is fire. Like, like especially, like, Marsh, Martian the Man-Eater, like the Man-Hunter. Like, I was like, yo, that's dope. So talk to me a little bit about your production. Like, how did you get, how did you go from, like, emceeing to producing or, I don't know, maybe I have it wrong. Maybe you always did it. But, like, where did your love for production come to be? <laughs> You know what is crazy? Uh, a lot of people don't know, or I say it and they might forget. I've been producing since my very first album. I wow. I, I recently seen um, um, Blue, the MC from Cali. His album just yeah. came out, and this the first time I met him. It keeps popping in my head. We were in I think the Knitting Factory in New York in maybe 2008, and I was um, I think I think both our our uh, first albums came out the same year, 2007. So I had my album, my first album, Hip Hop in the Flesh, and I showed it to him. And I was like, yo, <laughs> I produced on this album. He was like, yo, word, which songs? And I, and I was like, uh, words play. And there's another, I can't even remember the name on, on that the album. But I produced two joints on the album. Okay. And I think he had, he had been pro- producing too. So I brought that up 
because we were both producers, MCs, but mainly MCs, but no one really knew about the producing thing. Right, so I've right. been, I've been producing, um, but I kind of took a back seat to producing because um, I always felt that the best albums, in my opinion, were from like one producer and one MC. And when you're doing both things or more than two things, it's kind of hard to put your all into one thing. So I wanted to have a, a cohesive point. project. Uh, I wanted to have a cohesive project and also give my all to um, writing and being an MC. So although I was producing, every once in a while I might produce a track and like not say anything, um, MCing took the forefront. But um, most recently, what, what brought it back, I think it was in... Um, 2014 i got booked for the um hip-hop temp festival in czech republic and when i got there um not not when i got there as i was leaving to get brought back to the um airport to, to uh go back to new jersey when they came to pick me up at my hotel i was i hopped in the van and i looked up and who was in in the front seat shotgun with dj Premier? and i was like yo wow. Premier, I, I was talking the man's ear off from, from my hotel all the way to um, Czech Republic. I mean, yeah, the Czech Republic airport. And then when we got out, we found out we had the same flight together. So we were talking for like, um, we're me and him were just walking through the airport for like two, three hours together, just just kicking it. Wow. And then finally, at, at the end, I was like, yo, Primo, you know what I'm saying? It would be dope if, you know what I'm saying, uh, you slide a brother a beat or like how much for a beat. You know you had and, to ask um, it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I had to. I had Word. to because we were about to get on the on the plane, and he was sitting up there. I was sitting back here, so I was like, "Yo, I gotta say something." I don't know how if I'm gonna be this close to Primo again Word and up. be able to Seize talk to him. Yep. So, um, he he gave me his email, and um, because at the time, actually, coincidentally, I had made a um DJ Premier tribute CD where I rap on all his beats, and oh. so it was a hell of a coincidence that I saw him. Yeah. So I wanted to send him the joint. Anyhow, so I emailed him, and unfortunately, you know, that never worked out as far as me getting on one of his beats, mm -hmm. but it did fire me up. It, it fired me all the way up to the point where I was like, you know what? Maybe I can't get him a primo track right now. He is my favorite, but I will go out and buy this new Ableton Live um, beat machine with the Push 2 and figure it all out. So I, I'm, I'm a... Um, I'm the type of guy that doesn't like to be told no. Not that he told me no because he didn't. I hear but you. But like, I, if something happens, and I want it to happen, and it doesn't happen, I don't put my head down. I'm like, how am I gonna fix this shit? And right. I, my fix this shit was, you know what? I can do this shit. I'm I can make beats. Find and a I'm way. definitely yeah. not saying I can make beats like Primo, but I understand that everyone has their own uh, style and bounce and. I'm not trying to make beats like Primo. I'm trying to make beats like Simon Marshall Law. And instead of, I just thought like, instead of me trying to like pay somebody for a beat, I could, I could definitely buy the equipment on my own and put my heart into it. Because I, as I said, this is in my blood. So I started um, producing again, because I already had, the, um, I already knew how to produce, but then I bought all new equipment and had to learn, relearn it. And so, yeah, that's, I started producing. And I, I think that was 2015. I started that back up. And then, um, I always, I, I like to um, have different types of accomplishments. And one accomplishment I had never had myself was uh, producing a whole album of my own. Like I make all the beats and I do all the rapping. So the first joint I came out with was called The Rhythms and Poems of Solomon Prince. And I produced all the tracks on that and I rapped on it. Um, 
to be quite frank, it, it now in retrospect, it wasn't my greatest beats. They weren't whack, but um, it was my first time coming back to uh, producing and then I learned a new machine. So the project has a lot of heart in it. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that one, I came with Imperfectly Perfect, where I got much, much better at producing. Right. And uh, around that time, I dropped that instrumental album. And then again, after that, this would be my third project that I produced the whole thing was what, um, Ace One that came along. Mm. And I produced the whole, all the whole Crossroads album. Nice, yeah, nice. Wow. I know I'm long-winded sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's, it's funny when you said you went out and, and bought the Ableton. I was like, it, it kind of it sparked some, some motivation in me because I'm like, I always wanted to learn how to make beats. Not that it was ever anything like to the forefront, like, like it was never like at the top of my list, but you know, um, I used to rap myself, you know, um, while I was in college, even when I was in high school and I, I never got a chance, you know, I put out a little mixtape that I put out while I was in college, but, um, this, that feeling of like wanting to rap again and, and put something out. It's, I gotta say it's, it's, it's come back to me lately, but I'm like, damn, I, I, just like you, I like to be able to not have no for an answer and I like to be able to create, you know, be able to do it myself instead of having to always reach out to folks. So that gave me a little motivation right there. I don't know how soon I'll be able to do something like that, but, you well, know, Let me give you a, another piece of motivation. Yeah. Another piece of motivation. This is something personal, too. So a couple of years ago, um, me and my mother flew down to Atlanta to a mm. hospice because my grandfather was dying. So on his uh, deathbed, I'm the type of person just ask questions. I'm like, yo, I'm never going to see this man again. Let me ask him everything I can because, you know, we might come tomorrow and he might be passed away. And that's, it, it, you know, that is what happened. Mm-hmm. So within one of the questions, I was like, um, granddad, you know, what's the greatest thing? What you, you know, what do you think the greatest thing about life is? And he looked at me, barely able to talk. And he kind of picked his head up and he was like, Simon. He, he didn't even say it this strong, but he said, Simon, the greatest thing I've found about life is that you're always able to recreate yourself. Mm. He was like, no matter what position you ever are in life, the greatest thing about life is that you never have to be the same. You can always get up and do different and recreate yourself. Recreation is the greatest thing. So as far as like what we're talking about now, yeah, you could be. 30, 40, 50, 60, 8, it doesn't matter. If you have that spirit and that drive, yeah. don't ever let something tell you that you can because the greatest, you know, to me, one of the greatest things about life is that you can re- recreate yourself. Like, you might be, am I allowed to curse on here, Crew? Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, we good. All right, all right, you might be a dickhead, asshole one day, you could be a cheater, liar, and the greater one of the, anything, you could be a painter, you could be a, a dog catcher. The greatest thing about this life is that you never have to be the same. Who right. you are tomorrow doesn't mean that's who you have to, I mean, who you are yesterday doesn't mean that's who you have to be tomorrow. So if you right. have a, a passion in your heart or a thought, that I don't believe in coincidences. So if you have something that keeps coming back into your mind or into your heart, go for it, man, because you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I'm constantly seeing people saying, you know, complaining about their jobs or complaining about their lives right. as if they don't have the power to change that. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, we are the thank creators. You, so thank I'd you say, for that, man. Hold that thought, though, because I'm going to come back to that, man. You you, you going in a place that I'm, I definitely want to hit you on. But um, thank you. I appreciate that, that uh, insight, man. No doubt. So you have a line on your song, 
selfish, which is, you know, really dealing with like self-love where you say, let me see if I can get the quote. You say, with my time, I'm getting greedier. The best parts of me will never be on social media. Right. Explain like um, self-love from a non-egotistical standpoint and why you say it's the best love, right? Explain that. Like, what, like, because I get the whole idea of the track. It's not really so much talking about the idea of being selfish, but being selfish so that you could really give back to yourself, right? So tell me a little bit yeah. of, of uh, why self-love is the best love. Um, I'm big on the first thought that comes to your mind. And the first thought that came to my mind was my children. And um, they're going to grow up one day and, you know, have their own lives. But the first thing they see to direct them into having their own lives uh, usually is, uh, is their parents. So if I am coming home from work every day and, and I'm not happy with what I'm doing and wh what they're literally seeing is their dad coming home from work, his, his back hunched over and him, you know, he's paying all the bills. He's not happy. It's like a monkey see monkey do thing. So mm. if I do not treat myself right, that is not going to give my children, it's not going to give my daughter or my son the license to live their best lives either. They're, they might actually think damn, that's the way it's supposed to be. So if I'm not, treating myself good. And, and when I say treat myself good, I mean on every level. I mean, <clears throat> they're watching the things I eat, the things I watch, the mm -hmm. things I, I say. So when I say self-love and, and it's the best love is because in, in this life, I found um, the things that you can actually pay for in the store have never uh, been able to equate, equate to the things that you can't pay for. Like when I look at in my son's eyes and he looks back at me on my daughter's eyes. She looks mm -hmm. back the love that I can see coming through their eyes. You can't pay for that. So, um, when I say you have to treat yourself good, I just, I just mean, um, you know, your body is your temple. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're supposed to be treating yourself good. And whether that's, um, you know, again, the foods that you eat or are you getting exercise in, that's not something that anyone can, I mean, you can pay for a gym membership, but if you don't have, the the mind or heart to think yo i have to make sure i'm i'm healthy so that i can i can be my best self for other people whether it's your your mom or your your children mm -hmm. um i think a lot of people skip that they 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 think self-love might is like how do i put this without being egotistical mm -hmm. um i feel like they they value things I, I think i kind of kind of said it they value material things mm -hmm. and i don't necessarily mean say that self-love to me self-love is like maybe meditating or, or right. having some time to yourself because for me if i don't have time for myself to regenerate i'm not the same guy i feel like i have to like hide from the world for a second to uh, people people things tv all right here, here's a good way to say it I, I think of everything like energy, literally, whether it's your thoughts or the things you say. And, and, and if you don't uh, preserve your energy, mm. you'll just be depleted. Right. So I, I feel like a lot of self-love is preserving your energy so you can be your best self. Right, right, right. If that's a better way to say it. And it makes sense <laughs> yeah, because what... if you think self-love allows you to give love, 
the best way, right? right? I think that's where you're right. going with it. Like you said, preserving your energy so that you're able to give that care and that love because you you know you're able to manage whatever you're going through the best way by giving the self love. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. exactly. A lot of the time, I like I, I'm, I'm definitely a giver, I'm <laughs> definitely a giver, and I like to make sure everybody is um happy. I, sometimes it's been a, a good thing, and sometimes it's been a bad thing. It's mostly a good thing, but I, I, it's been a bad thing for me sometimes because I, I forget to take back some like it, like you don't, you can't always just give, 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 give her, or right, right, you right. have nothing left for yourself. Yeah. So, um, but I, I have that habit of just making sure everyone's okay. I've, like, I've always been, they call me the mother of my friends. If there's eight of us out, I'm the one always worrying about making sure everybody. So I, I just, I just like to give of myself, but I've definitely been in some positions in my life where, um, I've found myself depleted and no energy. Right. And I can't say I had anyone to blame except myself, because sometimes wow. if you just give, give, give. People are just going to take, take, take. Some, not everyone is going to be able to right. see, like, yo, this dude just keeps on giving. Yeah. Like, we need to give his ass a break. Yeah. A lot of times they don't see that. They just yeah. keep keep on taking. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I like that you brought up, um, you know, your, your, your care and your, your, you know, your, your love for your children. Because I wanted to ask you about fatherhood. Like, how has fatherhood inspired your drive and outlook as an artist? Um, how they inspired my drive. Well, I had my first kid when I was um, 20 and I have an 18 year old now. Mm -hmm. So, um, so when I first, I was just telling him, me and him was at, God bless him. Me and him was at the basketball court, um, this last Sunday and I'm not a word of a lie. Um, no, this is just, this all facts. He looked at me and he said, dad, I don't know how you could have raised a better son. And wow. I almost broke down on the basketball that's court. He beautiful. didn't look at it. He didn't see it, but I was like, damn, I did. I like, like, that's all I ever went with. He doesn't even know. Stuff, but I, I was like, wow. And, and, and so what was even your fucking question? No, um, I said, no, I said, um, that, I said, how has our uh, fatherhood, right? Uh, inspired your drive and your outlook as an artist. So, you know, the, the cliche answer would be like it. You know, I had a kid and I decided to go harder. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's not necessarily a cliche. That is what happened. Right, right. But it, 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 it just inspired me to, oh, yeah, this is where I was going. This is where I brought that up. It, it, I knew he was watching. I, yeah. I knew from the door. From the door, I knew he was watching. Yeah. I used to bring him in, this, you know, I used to hold him in my arms while I was recording songs because wow. I had nowhere else to put him in. If I put him down, he was crying. So from the door, I always just knew he was paying attention. Wow. And um, it continued to inspire me because as he grew older, he would, he would show signs of him watching. And, um, and the more I did uh, things, I, you know, even self-love things. And when I, when I say self-love things, I could be, that could be me taking time to write a rhyme. Mm -hmm. He would be watching all of that stuff. So I wasn't just like uh, being a robot, going to work, going back. So I, I wanted to show him that you are show, you know, as I got more kids, show them that you don't have to do what society tells you to do. And you can still be successful at the same time as being responsible. Mm. You can still do what you want at the same time. There's, there's a balance. So it inspired me to make sure I, I balance like a trapeze artist, because if my children saw me, 
doing what I love to do, but I wasn't taking care of them or our family, that wouldn't be a good look. So I I always had that in the back of my mind. All right. So yeah, so here's perfect. Uh, A lot of my um, um, peers, they didn't have children as fast as I had children. So um, they were able to like keep touring and do keep doing mad shows, this, that, and the other. And I think um, it might have seemed like a disadvantage uh, to some that I had children because I had to like take care of them, make sure, you know, parents right, right. school conferences, right. but not, it was the biggest advantage because, uh, as I'm like rapping and like trying to travel the world, I, I know that I have to take care of them. So it just made me more to be able to handle more and be more responsible on that level. So, um, it's, it's inspired me to be, be my best self. I guess that's a bigger, um, yeah answer to uh you know just being cliche i had a kid and it made me go harder but it was more than that it made me grow up and become a man because it was like you wh- what do you do do you your your kids are watching so do you drop you what you love to do and that's not what i wanted to show them right or do you do you just do what's responsible and go to work and that's not wanted, what i wanted to show them either i definitely wanted to show them that you could balance this shit out and do what you want to do and at the same time, take care of your family. So it inspired me to be a, a, a better all-around human being if I was up to the task. Because I've definitely seen a lot of people not be up to the task. And when I say that, like they just go full throttle into hip-hop. And when you look at the relationship between them and their children, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes there isn't one. But me and my children, we're like, we couldn't be closer. Like, wow. So, um, it, that's... yeah, I, I think... Uh, no, yeah. you you answered it perfectly because it, it leads me to this other question, which you you kind of alluded to. I feel like there's a different type of pressure that you know that a man goes through in terms of providing for their family when they tr- choose a non traditional career, right? You know, so for example, you chose to pursue artistry, right? as opposed to like becoming a doctor or becoming, you know, having a traditional nine to five. And I'm not saying you, you've probably hadn't had one. Right. But just like the idea of like pursuing a dream, I'm always curious to know, like, you know, how you are able to overcome the societal pressure, you know, in choosing that dream route as opposed to the nine to five route. Like, you, it, it's it's really cool to hear you say um you know it actually motivated you but I'm I'm curious to know like what what was it about it that motivated you like how did you get past all of the other outside factors that might have came into play like with maybe family members or other people saying to you hey you know what you're a man you got to take care of your kids don't be pushing this you know this artist thing it might be it might be temporary like you know what i'm saying like those kinds of you know influences that could kind of deter you like how did that how did you overcome that i thought about a few answers as you're um asking the question um, I guess the first thing I would like to say is, um, uh, my kid's mother was really understanding. Mm-hmm. Like she understood. Cause, uh, you know, we met when she was 15 and I was 16. She's the mother of all my children. Wow. And, um, when we, when we met, I was like, yo, this is what I'm about to do. And she, I've always, when I look someone in their eye and say something, I'm known for not playing around. So I, since we're 16, I was like, yo, this is definitely what I'm going to do. So when I started like, 
doing hip hop and traveling around the world and like this, that, and other, she wasn't surprised. And I, I, if you know, if she asked her, God bless her, she'll be like, she could always feel and see it in me. Right. Right. So, um, so, so she she always had my back. So I definitely, without her in those um, early years, it, it would have been impossible yeah. because she was the one with the job. And um, <laughs> when I was touring and coming back, like financially. She was holding this down. So besides um, her, big up to her. Yes, um, indeed. I have a very rebellious nature in that. The same thing I was telling you earlier about the premiere beats. So life definitely was saying, yo, <clears throat> you need to sit down and take care of your kids, this and other. But my brain was telling me the same thing. And my heart was telling me the same thing. I also said to you earlier about um, my granddad saying, like, you can re- recreate yourself. So it's right. like, well, what are you going to do? You have this idea in your head. You have this idea in your heart. And I don't believe in coincidences. So, if, you know, I have these kids and it's like, what are you going to do? What, like somebody, somebody has been in way worse positions than me before and still ca- came out on top. So it's like, what are you going to do? What do you know, you have this passion in your heart. Mm-hmm. What, do you just let it guide? I watch too many movies and too much TV. This and I'm always seeing a father had to let his dreams go and die. And I was, I'm, I've definitely always had a rebellious nature. So I was like, nah, I'm gonna make this shit work. Fuck that. Like literally, I'm, I'm so not gonna be working at AT and T or TD Bank or whatever have you. Meanwhile, knowing that this person who I am is, and it's the same reason why I can't stop now. I've been and. and I think a lot of people are, are, I think they're not genuine. I mean, I, I, I don't say that to take shots, but Krill, this is literally who I am. Like I've, 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 I've tried or thought about putting on the back burner, but right, I always right, right. get drawn back to the front. Yeah. So as much as you're, you're like, how did you do it? Krill, I had no choice. So a lot <laughs> of people are drop, dropping off now. And maybe them people had choices from the get-go. Because I, ca- I can't even see me stopping. Like, I'm going to be doing this until my last day. Wow. This That's is powerful. who I am. And sometimes um, I kind of, and I had to get past this. A, a few years back, I used to get attitudes because um, I used to, like, look at, like, uh, MCs that I've known forever. And, they, you know, they've got, like, more popularity than me and got further. And I'm like, yo. Why ain't these dudes fucking with me? Because no one is going to tell me I'm not excellent and have skills with what I do. I definitely have written as many rhymes as every motherfucker that I can look at in the face. Definitely. Like I have stacks upon stacks upon stacks upon stacks. But why haven't I been able to get as far as some of these people? Why are they not looking at me like, you know, and, and at this juncture in my life, I could be like, you know, I could pack it up and go home. But I, whether, whether I'm getting the respect I deserve or not, that shit no longer matters. This is who I am. Mm. And as long as I know, know that, I'm, I'm going to be here. So you're like, how did you do it? I'm like, how did I not do it? I would have been, I would have sent myself crazy if I just tried to work a regular job and never write and express myself. What, whether I was writing or being a hip hop artist, I was always going to express myself, whether I became a, a painter or express myself in some other form of art, right. whether that be anything, I was always going to express, this is who I am. And once I, I, I realized that I stopped looking for acceptance from anyone wow. at all, 
yeah. and just was able to delve deep into who I am and what I, I love to do. So yeah, that's that's how I was able to do it. Well said, you know, and it it, it feels like it, it's like it, it it takes you through cycles. And as you're saying this, it just reminds me of what I've been through with what out the box. There's been times where I've stopped and I found myself back here, you know, like I'm taking right, breaks, right. you know, due, due to family, you know, like, OK, I got to take a break now. It's just too much. And I've been through different levels and different stages. I'm almost like reinventing out the box right now, right. but based on the foundations that has it is always kind of stood on. But I'm re, it's like it's reinvented with this podcast and I'm loving every ounce of it. And, and just like you, I feel like I've tried to walk away, but it's kept pulling me back, you know? So right, when you, right. when, when you say that, like I, it, it resonates so well with me because it's, it's a familiar experience that I've, I've had. Um, so I also wanted to talk to you about your, um, your, you know, your lyrics, right? Your artistry is what really stands out for me about you is like, you've always maintained a level of integrity with the messages in your music you've you know and you've been pretty consistent with that right like um i don't really hear lyrics where you're degrading anyone or degrading women or just it's you know it might have curses here and there but like you know the the message of upliftment and just inspiration and just you know to me what i consider that to be pushing the culture of hip-hop forward it's kind of always been the thing for you um, what's kept you on that conscious path, you know, on that consistent basis? I would say, again, um, I would bring it back to the uh, how, how I grew up in England, listening to, you know, my family being Jamaican and listening to a lot of reggae artists. Um, so whether it was, you know, Bob Marley, Cableton, and all, all the artists I named before, Dennis Brown, um, what's his name? Uh not Bounty Killer. <laughs> um, but big up to Tommy. Uh, Barnett Silk, um, Barrington Levy. So uh, I'm naming all, all these artists that right. were definitely uh, righteous and positive, and uh, that's what I grew up listening to. Right, and right. My, um, in, in addition, my, my both my parents used to be Rastafarians. So um, growing up in England at the time, they always just had, you know, that positive vibe like, you know, yeah. Rastas do. So um, that that's my family is very um, loving. So a lot of the love within me and everything coming out of me is is, is family orientated. So we're a Jamaican family. My parents was Rastas, grew up listening to conscious reggae music, mm-hmm. and um, my my parents are very in tune with you know the spirit and the soul. They've always taught me about love. So it, it would be um, crazy for me to come out and uh, not not be this person this right. like this is who i am and how, how have i been able to maintain that? i i i struggle to see how other people cannot be themselves right, like right. i definitely have grown up with some people um peers talking about you know they busting guns and bitch hoe this that and other and then you look at their life and you're like sad you got a very good life where is where is that shit even coming from right 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 <laughs> and um I, um, oh, my, it's a good thing to say. My brother and sister, um, so I'm the youngest of three. <laughs> and my brother and sister, since I was a young kid, always pumped me with this, with this information. They'll be like, yo, Sai, 
Samar, nobody's cooler than you. Like, we got the coolest family. Did Like, they, they constantly would say this shit. Oh, and before wow. I even knew I was cool, my brother and sister were pumping this shit into me. So that combined with um, already coming from, a, like, a conscious, righteous background, like, I didn't have this thing where I thought that I wasn't cool. Like, I always, in my brain, I was always the coolest motherfucker in the room. Like, it didn't matter who, and I, I, I say that trying not to be, egotistical it doesn't really matter how it sounds i guess because it's the truth that that's what my you know my brother and sister would give to me so if i came into a room right and it would be like some gangsters or like you know dudes with ice and you know the flyest gear on none of that shit never ever fazed me because my brother and sister and my mom and my dad so pumped me up with like the goodness yeah i could definitely step in the room and be like yeah Y'all might have this, that, and other, but the love in my heart, that's wow. what thats what it really is. Like, if y'all don't understand that, there's not a gangster in this room iller than me right now. It doesn't, like, you might have a thousand guns, fam. The love in my heart, you can't beat that. And I've always, and I, I can remember Krill being in seventh grade and the teacher saying some shit and me saying out loud, I love my family, and her looking shocked. She looked at me, she was like, Wow. Did you just say you love your family? I know I, I didn't understand what the hell the big deal was like. She yeah. and she took me to the side, she was like, Yo, that's so mature, Simon, and this, that, and the other. And later on in life I realized that people do, like they like has, as easy as that rolled off my tongue, yeah. People didn't people don't understand that love is the coolest thing. It really they, they're being a good person like and, and, and I don't wanna as the kids say, cape and act like I'm, I've never done no fucked up shit or I'm the whitest sheep, but I definitely have always understood that being a good person and showing love and, and the universal laws, that shit has always been ingrained in me. And no mm. one can ever tell me any different. Like it's, 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 it's cooler to have love in your heart than to have um, hate in your heart. Easy facts. I'll, I'll argue with anybody over that shit. So even now, like, I, and I, and not to say, like, a lot of the shit I see, whether it's gangster rap, I don't like. Because, yo, on some days, fam, you might catch me bumping gangster rap for two weeks straight. Like, you know what I'm saying? You won't hear nothing else. Like, Sean P is one of my favorite artists. I mm -hmm. love some Styles P. However, I'm not either one of those people. And no one is going to tell me, look me in my eye and be like, yo, punching somebody in their face is, is iller than feeding a homeless person no there's not a there's not a motherfucker who can look at, and i've always known that because beyond uh my parents pumping me up with righteousness and love and one love this that, and other my brother and sister i just stepped out of you know being an ad adolescent and them telling me summer no one's cooler than you know and right, all right. that shit really really ingrained in me and i really 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 believe that so that's that's wow. how I've been able to do it because I really believe that shit. There's, it's not, there's nothing fake about it. I really, it's really who I am. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. On your track, Hero, such a great track, um, and it, it really deals with the presence of real fathers. Um, has just, just taking it back to what we're dealing with right now, has your conversation as far as educating your children and giving them care shifted uh, in the current times we're living with? Uh, and is the conversation different for your boy child versus your girl child? Like, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Like, just 
just with all the crazy stuff that's happening right now, whether it be COVID or, you know, police brutality, you know, you know, you know, racial injustice, all of that stuff. Like, how have you been communicating to your children, you know, at a time like this to just kind of let them know you're there and you're, care your care is that is that been a shift in conversation or is it just a continuation of what you've all, always been doing yeah the, the latter it's, it's not a shift it's not a shift at all okay um and i say that uh i'll give you an example of my my kid who's 18 now when he was 12 i gave him um malcolm x's autobiography to read and some people might be like, yo, that's a heavy book for a 12-year-old. Right, right, right. But this, the shit that's happening now, uh, you know, beyond COVID, the shit, you know, everything that's happening, that shit is not new. That is, it is not new. And I saw it coming. To, um, I don't want to say I saw it coming. That's a damn lie. But um, the shit that we're going with as far as, like, police brutality and bigotry, that is definitely not new. And uh, what I saw coming was that my children would grow up and have to deal with this. I, you know, it would, it would be great if all the shit, you know, that happened in the past of America's history um, wasn't going on anymore. But I, I, I didn't see that not happening. That's why I gave my kid Malcolm X. And it's always been an um, ongoing conversation. So, sorry, I need a burp. Yeah, go ahead. Take it. So I'd say that the, the difference um, between my daughter and my sons would be um, in conversation. I tell them the same things. But uh, the the main difference that popped into my head, I don't know if this is necessarily a difference, but I'll say the thing that popped into my head. My daughter, I definitely tell her she's beautiful every single day and kiss her up and love her up. And I don't know if this is fucked up or I guess I'm just saying this out loud, but uh, it it is what it is. Uh, I I feel like she's... um, well, I have three sons, just so you know, um, yeah, yeah. two oldest of boys, yeah. and um, the youngest one is a boy. She, she's the third kid. She's going to be 12 in a few days. Um, but I, I feel like I just have to pump her up with, like, a lot of love. Maybe I, I feel like that because she's, uh, I mean, I, I love them all. I don't know. I feel like black women, like, they be coming for all women for everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least, at least, like, we're men and, like, we can... Like, so I don't know. I just, I think I, maybe I've never actually thought about this too much before, but I definitely love her up and I'm pretty sure. And and again, I love all my kids, but I think I like go over and beyond for her because I feel like they be coming for our women, fam. Like, mm. and yeah. um, her, her mom is um, mixed. Her mom is um, half black, half white. And, um, my daughter's my skin complexion like chocolate right and her mom is lighter lighter and i um i'm kind of like jumpy about that shit because i don't want my daughter to think that uh you know <laughs> our skin color is not you know as great as anybody else's right, or, or right. like the, our, the texture of our hair is not the most you know the, as beautiful as anybody else's shit so i i because i guess she's the only girl in the house i'm like I'm like jumpy about that shit. Like I, I, I make sure she knows like she's the same way my brother and sister used to pump me up. And I do that with all my children, but my daughter, I like just make, let her know. Cause yo, they, they be coming for all women, fam. Wow. So, but yeah, I tell them the same things as far as like how to act and like, you know, 
yeah do the best things they can i don't want them to um walk with their head down i definitely want them to walk, walk with their chin up and their chest down good, and, good. and enunciate and speak clearly and look people in their eye um these are the things i tell them but at the same time i also tell them like yo be respectful and right. don't be out there doing the most because Yes. But, you know, it's a, it's a tough conversation. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you don't have to go too, you know, too deep in it. I just wanted to kind of like, you know, bring it up to speed as to what's going on. And I know you're a father and, you know, just tap into that just just a little bit. But yeah, thanks for, 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 for that insight. On the, on the track Crossroads, which is the obviously the self-titled track at the end of the album, and you say some friends try to separate you from your art. That's like trying to separate you from your heart. And when I heard that line, I was like, wow, like that's powerful, right? Like, you know, the connection to your art. I'm just curious to know, like, how does friendship get to that place? Right? Like, how does, how does a friend, like something you call a friendship, how does it get to a place where now they're critiquing or is trying to actually separate you from something that you love. You know what? I, I'm going to try to answer this <laughs> good, but it might be something I'm still kind of dealing with, but I think yeah, I, yeah. I've, 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 I'm in a better place than I was, but um, I feel like all right, there's two ways to look at it. So the first thing I keep trying, my brain keeps trying to say is that um whoever is your friend like that hasn't been paying attention to who you are. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the first thing. And then you actually can flip it when this is the mature part of me now that has seen that, um, I, I, I'm also known for saying I am more than hip hop. Like I was Simon before I was hip hop. The things that I love, I love them, but they're, they're not me, you know, in, in the sense that, uh, attached to me. So I have friends that I was friends with before I became a hip hop MC. So whether hip hop is with me or not, they're going to be there. Mm. And just because I, I fell in love with this thing, uh, and it, you know, essentially became me or became who I was, you know, I definitely was saying I'm hip hop in the flesh. Um, so hip hop was a part of me. And um, when when they weren't as interested as I wanted them to be in my music, I definitely took it personal because I felt like, how could you be my friend for this long and see everything right. that I've put into this and loved about this, but not give a fuck about my art? Like it was fucking me up. Like I didn't understand it. But the mature part of me had to understand that um, with or without hip hop, they would be there. Like, they they don't give a fuck about... I mean, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say they don't give a fuck about, but they care about Simon Simmons, the person, more than Simon Law, the artist. And I had to grow up and, and understand that's okay. Like, you can't force people to do or want to like or mm -hmm. be around anything you want them to just because you, you, you know, like, that that is selfish, and I I actually had to mature and understand that. Like, I had a friend, um, and I guess he's still my friend, but uh, I had a friend a few years, a uh, long time ago, maybe like you know he's not he's still around, but um, he 
he used to listen to as much hip hop as me. And one day, <clears throat> he just went on the straight and narrow, and um, don't listen to hip hop anymore. And and it was around the time I was caught saying I'm hip hop, so I t- I definitely took that personal. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, this dude don't fuck with me no more. Um, you know, we really don't talk anymore. But um, when we do talk, it's not about hip hop. Mm. And I can I can I tell I can tell. The same way I care about him and I'm asking about his kids and he's asking about my family. So as Dead Press is, it's bigger than hip hop. Some things are just bigger than hip hop. And mm. I, as much as I, I love hip hop and still love hip hop, I have to understand when I came out my mom's room, you know, I, I didn't come with hip hop. It's something I learned on earth. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it, it, you know, even even when I wrote that line, I was struggling with it. And I think since I wrote that line, I've actually grew up a bit more. Okay. And, um, Interesting. So, yeah. Got it, so, yeah, got they it. separate me from my art, but at the same time, it, if yeah. you love me for me, uh, that, that how can I, how can I, uh, how can I say no? Like, you love me, you love me. Right, 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 right. Like, it's hip-hop or not me, so. yeah. I mean, it's definitely deep. I mean, it seems like there's layers to that, right? Like, you could always look at it from a different perspective, too. And I think that's what you've evolved to. Um, But, you know, when I heard it, I just was like, it it stuck out because it just just made me think, like, yo, how could you really be a true friend and not hear one? You know, you have to be invested, right? It's like, yo, you know what? I know you love that, so... You know, I'm gonna show up at your show. Or I'm a, I'm gonna buy an album. You know what I mean? Those are types of things that I feel like a true friend. But like you said, there's that. You know, there's probably layers to it too. You know, so I'm glad there's that you layers, can evolve. There's layers and levels because if you, I know, I, I told you I had to struggle with the shit. If I yeah. just thought that, I might just be cutting off everybody. That's a good point. That's a good I definitely. Point have some family members who ain't interested in my music. What am I going to cut them off to? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great point. Yeah, man. That's a great point. Uh So also on that track, you say, there's a line where you say, as a kid, I recall what I wanted to be. So I wake up every day and I find a way to be me. When when you live your life for a job that don't give no shits about you, and you don't love it, you die a slow death every day. I was like, wow. Right. I, I mean, right. so many people are actually dealing with that, right? Like li- living an actual job that they don't like, but they keep keep on, right? It's like this cycle that just keeps repeating. Right. Tell me, from your perspective, how does someone stuck in that unfortunate cycle wake up out of that i, I might have made it i might have made it sound easier than it, than it is right right it's, it's not easy yeah um it definitely deals with and again i've always had a rebellious na- nature so it's, it's it might be a bit easier for me to do it but right. um how do they do it they they have to look themselves in the mirror and be like yo this is my life this is literally my life like everyone can say what they think this is going to happen after this life or what they thought happened before this life but what we can be sure about now when we look in the mirror is that we're here right now at this very moment and and the decisions what what the future is made in the present so it's like 
if you want tomorrow to be different, what you're doing right now, you better start changing some, some things. And that takes a real hard look in the mirror. And if you're not ready to, um, change your now for tomorrow, that shit is not going to be happening. So how, how do they do it? Uh, they, they have to be, I don't want to say they have to be fearless, but yeah. uh, to me, every, every decision in life, every single decision, whether it's you painting your uh, walls, red, pink, or orange, every decision is based out of two basic things. It's based out of love or fear, literally yeah. like at the core, you're going to have cereal or toast whatever whatever decision is based out of love or fear so they have to um uh, to me i would say they have to look in in the mirrors and start asking some 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 core questions and then make sure their answers are all directed towards love so i i'm able to do shit like that because um fuck being scared i'm on i'm definitely on some rebellious shit yeah and um i this is you know self-love everything i'm saying saying is really like clicks back together because it's like self-love like how much do you do you love yourself like what are you gonna do i love like, i love that answer do, do and and yeah. not to cut you off but this is not the first time i've heard this is probably the second time you're the second person that i'm hearing uh talk about the motivators the two motivators love and fear and that actually makes a lot of sense being able to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what do I love? And that being a motivator as to the direction, you know, a progressive direction to take. So that's that. I just right. wanted to, you know, highlight that because I think that's a great, a great point to consider. Mm-hmm. Word. Thank you. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, man. Now on Love and Thunder, you know, which is another track of yours that you released this year. I know it's not on Crossroads, but I know you released like a few singles as well this year. You kind of drive home the point, right? It kind of adds on to this idea of doing what you love, right? But I'm curious to know, how do we put that into context for someone who can't necessarily leave their job right now, right? But is probably having a struggle identifying what they're passionate about, to at least begin working on on the side how do, how how does that become a tangible thing now for them to make that transition given their circumstance like they might not be able to leave their job right away cold turkey but they're still kind of wrestling with what do what do i you know what are, what am i passionate about and how do i put that into a some sort of a practice how do you put that into context for someone to begin that process um, uh, that's, I would say that's an easy question. I might not thought it was, but it, to me, it's an easy question because I have, um, children that I have to talk to every day about mm. shit like this. Mm. So if I was, if my son had asked me this, I'm sure he probably did ask me something like this. Um, it's about being honest. It definitely is honesty. And a lot of people struggle with honesty, especially when it pertains to themselves. And, and what I mean by that is, um, if you love something, if you have a dream in your heart or a clear thought in your mind and you really are about that life, um, you have to show it. Like all the dudes that are in the NBA or play professional anything, they at some point in their life, a lot of points in their life, they had to give their all all to something. So let's say you're working at um, 
the customer service someone and you're working like 50, 60 hours a week and you have this dream to be a painter and you get home every night from work and you're tired and you know, by the time you look back up, it's time for you to get back into work and you're, you're stuck in this cycle. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I bring it back to honesty because it's like, who are you? Like literally, who, and you might be like, oh, I can't get out of this shit. But I, I said professional athletes because it's all about time management. So you come home tired, right? And and it's like, why why are you tired because um there there could be all different types of reasons Mm -hmm. but uh try to like not i know i'm kind of sounding scatterbrained over here but it it is being honest so it's time management and and how can you make it so that like did you come home and watch netflix did you did you come home and or did you come home and and use that hour to paint like it's time and and when i say it's about being honest like a lot of people might want to um a lot of kids might want to um, go to the NBA, but Crow, you and I know the motherfuckers who get to the NBA, that's like literally like one in like 23 million. So those right. people are definitely using the fuck out of their time because they love it so much. Right. So you might be stuck in your job, but you definitely have time. You, you, you do. You, you have like, yeah. and it might not seem like time because you're not using it in, in the right way. And that would come back to how honest are you being? Because you, you know, you you ask the regular person on the street who who feels like they have no time to go, like, yo, fam, I got no time. Yes, you do. Mm. Like you definitely, if you really love something, if you really want to make something happen, if you're serious, you have to know somebody out there done it before you, and somebody's gonna do it after you. Mm. How did they do it? They right. did it because they were being honest and they loved it. So whenever they had time to like try to recreate themselves they didn't spend it burning it down drinking that shit is easy to do they didn't spend it coming home binge watching netflix they understood they had to work more than the next man to get to that level and and i think a lot of people don't understand that and what having to uh work more than the next man means that you have to be honest with yourself you have to you have to be like yo you did have time but guess what you didn't have the energy because you you might have been fucking eating junk food and then the the time when you had the energy to do it you was tired because you was eating fried food like it's all about being extremely honest right. like so whatever you need to do to get what you need to get done figure it out and you can if you be honest right if right. You, you should be honest like how did you spend your time what like what were you were you studying with your time or were you binge watching or was you looking for the weed man or was you trying to get to the liquor store like was you at the club like like what was you arguing with your girl like what let's be honest yeah and it, it all starts from being honest you you know i want to say you can be anything you want to be in the world um right uh, I, I think it's pretty much close to that. I, I, you know, I know there are, there are different factors, right, right, of shit that might come in, but for 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 the most part, fam, it's being honest. Like it's it's being honest. Like so, I have um, I have a job like a regular job, and and my last few albums, I made. Oh, that's here's here's a, I'm I'm a great example for my my for my damn self. So I have a career as a network engineer. And, and before I was a network engineer, I used to have to work um, at a mortgage company. And at my mortgage company, as I was being a hip-hop artist, 
I, you know, I, I, the career I have besides hip hop is a network engineer. As I was being working at the mortgage company, I had all my uh, network engineering information stuck up on my cubicle. So in between every call, I was reading my, my I was studying for my um, Cisco network engineering shit. Mm. And then guess what I was doing on my break? I was writing raps. Mm. So it's all about being honest and kind management. Time. Like yes. what you, what you love to do. Who are you? Be honest. It's all it's just honest. You know, you said something earlier that that sparked my attention. Um, I think you said something about like what you love to do. You have to share. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I heard you say something like that or something along those lines. And it made me think of this idea of. You know, you, you come into this world and you have something that you love to do, and it's almost like there's almost like this duty for you to share it with the world, you know? And I don't mean to say that everyone has to do it, but like this feeling of like this idea that this is your contribution back to the world, right? (laughs) Because you love this so much that you've actually become an expert at it in, in some form that you can now share it. That kind of resonated with me, that idea of sharing what you, what you love to do. Right. Um, and right, that, right. you know, maybe that concept being a motivator for you to kind of get the ball rolling, even if it's not on the level where the world knows you, at least you're able to make some sort of impact by sharing it. Maybe it's, you know, just a few people to begin with, but you're giving it's your contribution back to the world in some in a positive way. Yeah, it's like it's your, like your purpose. Yeah, yeah, purpose, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow, but I, I like that I, honesty. That's 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 a powerful um way to look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, 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 it seems simple, but a lot of people struggle with it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's easy to tell yourself like, oh, I'm too tired. I don't have the time. That shit is easy and it plagues a lot of us yeah yeah and and you you know what i i again i don't want to knock people who do that because guess what it is hard you know they're whooping us our asses at work you've been going through shit like systematic racism those are the statistics that uh don't show up on the stat board and we're going through like we watching shit on tv george floyd got knees on it so all these shit things are happening to like hold us back and and so I don't want to make it sound like it's mad easy. Yeah, but absolutely. and it's not not easy. It's like you you have to be within all that shit. You have to be like, all right, how am I gonna tune out and get what I need to get done? Or yeah. you can be like, yo, all this shit is fucking me up, and it is fucking us up. But uh, who are you? Because somebody before you and after you is gonna get past it. Yeah, so yeah. who are you? And then there's a sense of happiness that it brings. You know, I always say, <laughs> it's funny, there's this saying that I hear a lot now, I actually hear it more now, but I, it was something that inspired me to start out the box. I remember moving into, a, you know, a new apartment um, with my family, and I remember saying to myself, what would I do that even if I didn't get paid for it, I would still do it? And I hear that, I hear people say that a lot now as like a motivation for doing what you love. 
But I, I sat there myself, and I can't say that maybe I never, maybe it wasn't, I heard, maybe I didn't hear it somewhere and it somehow influenced my mind to think about it at that time. But I can't really recall anyone like telling that to me. It just came to my mind. And now that I hear more people say it, I'm like, wow, like I guess I was really on the right track. <laughs> because, right, um, right, right. Um, it, it 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 means so much like you you find yourself what we were talking about earlier like you you can't see yourself doing something else because this actually you actually enjoy this like i enjoy being able to share new music that i think is in is enriching my um you know listening experience right so that's why right, out right. the box makes so much sense to me because like, I love doing this. I like sharing that. I like not just listening to it for myself, but I like sharing uh, with other people about all of these great artists that stimulate my mind when I listen to them. You know, you know their lyrics right. take me to a place where, um, you know, it, it, it encourages, me to, encourages me to think or I learn something new, you know. Um, so that's just something that I'm innately, I innately enjoy you know, um, so it actually makes me happy uh, whether or not I get paid from it. Obviously, I do want to get paid from it. <laughs> right? Right, but, right. You know, the, the, the motivation that you get is it's, it's unmatched in, 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 in the way I look at it. You know, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, um, great conversation today, man. I really had a wonderful time talking to you. Um, I want to close Thanks. with with uh this question and it's 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 in reference to um, your single called never sell out you say um at the end of the song i'll never sell out because i know what's in store for me and you let you kind of like repeat that line over and over again so my question for you is what does Cy martial law hold or have stocked up in his mental store that will always keep him from you know selling out how do i answer this in a sentence um, and i love the um the wordplay right the idea of um you know it's in my you know i have i know what i have in store to not sell out but if you had to think of the contents of your store that you know is like overstocked or holds such value that it keeps you from selling out what would the how would you build out those contents I, I see what you're saying, and you're kind of answering the question for me. Oh, um, sure. okay. That's definitely a good thing, because that's where I, I was heading. Right. Uh, it, I would say um, within me are all the things that you don't see on, I mean, sometimes you see on, them on social media, but um, the best parts of me are, are, are why I can't sell out, because it's really who I am, and it's the things you don't see. It's not not anything having to do with anything material and I, I just understand that um whether I I have hip hop or I have a, a nice fancy car or I have a nice big house, the things that are, are within me are the realest things and um it, it, I, I as long as I, I keep being myself with and, and I'm honest and I'm true to myself, I can't lose. Mm. I I can't lose. Because those are that's that's what's real. As long as you keep being real, you you can't lose. Like my mom always used to say, they can't kill you with the truth, Simon. So 
So as long as I, I am myself, I, I am my truth, there's always going to be good things in store for me. It's when, it's when you start not being honest and you, you know, you start, uh, delving deep into negativity that you might get yourself into a piece of trouble. But I, I feel like the highest part of anyone is the soul, AKA love. And that's what's inside of me. Mm. It's uh, an abundance of love. So nice. as long as I keep putting out love, it's just the universal law. What you put out is what comes back. Wow. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I like that. So the abundance of love is going to always come back. So you can't sell out of it. I like that. You got it. You got <laughs> dope, it. Dope, dope. Listen, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I want to wish you all the best in your um, continued career. I know that you, you're not going to let up, man. You're going to keep it coming. And I'm going to be, you know, looking to see um, all the other stuff you got in store. Any um, last words you want to say to the listeners as far as, you know, any upcoming projects or, you know, goals that you have that you would like them to know about? Yes, yes, definitely. So first and foremost, um, as we kind of talked about, shout out to Ace Wonder. We've got the album Crossroads out right now. Um, my next project is coming in October. Um, there's not a necessarily date for it. I think it might be October 2nd, but anyhow, I've made this album uh, called Sugeneris, which in Latin means unique and one of a kind. Mm. Um, the album is fully produced by a Russian producer named Mudblood. She's a female from Russia. She's uh, by way of uh, Malagasy, uh, one of her parents. So she's Russian and um, from Madagascar. Wow. Okay. Uh, and she's she's dope. She's dope, like super dope. We made this album together. It's eleven tracks, and um, I don't want to get cliche in saying this, but it's it's my best album. Really? Okay. <laughs> I know that before, but yo, you 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 said that before, from, right? It, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I was wrong each each time. Right, I, right, I, right, right. Um, I could get it. I could dig it. But yo, Krill, Krill, this one, this one. I don't I don't know what else they want besides this like this one that i've just the one that's coming in october like <laughs> i don't know what else they would want i i, I don't know what, what are the, it, if, it, if so, you could give like what are the ingredients that you feel is making this kind of like your best one like if just you ain't got to give too much but just a few t tidbits on or whatever you could give as to why you feel it, like this is the one sure 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 um Everything that I, I've been known for doing good, I've done it my best on this album. Wow. So there's, there's my best story on there. There's my best uh, introspective songs. Um, and lyrically, I, I didn't miss a beat on this. Like, uh, in pocket, like, I just, it, oh, this is really good. I get it. I get uh, I'm it. really happy with it. That's really great to know, man. It. Um, besides that, um, I just started working with, uh, Mr. Joker again. We just started hip hop in the soul four. Right. Right. Uh, right. I've only recorded two songs for that so far, but, uh, they turned out bangers. I'm like, uh, shit, I hope we can all make them all like that. Um, and then I'm halfway done with, uh, my new ever living sound project. Ever living sound is a group. My brother and I yes. are in, uh, it's me and skit slam, AKA black belt poems. Right. That album is halfway done, maybe a little bit more halfway done. And also, um, I have another album 
like a solo album that I've produced half of that I got some beats from other other people. It's about 80% done. Um, there definitely is a dope ass feature on there that I haven't told anybody about yet. Mm-hmm. Like literally no one. Um, uh, and I don't know when that's coming out yet, but um, I'm, I just kind of have it in the canon because um, I'm trying to start, I'm trying to like see what this next two generis album is going to do. And uh, <sighs> yeah, I just have you got I, a I'm, lot going I'm, on, I brother. I, I, I see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy as hell because um, I haven't been in like as, as when I was like coming up and I was like um and running around and shit and then I had to kind of stop and go back to school there was a while where I, I kind of was looking at my peers doing a lot of shit and I was like damn they're still out there touring doing shows and shit and I'm like at school working but now I, I got all my shit together I, I bought a house in 2016 wow, everyone's straight in here I have my own um room I'm sitting in my own studio now it's a, you know it could be someone's bedroom so I'm I'm just, I'm straight. Like I've never felt this comfortable before. Wow, like as much as I man. love hip hop, I definitely don't need it to survive. Like I don't need it to pay any bills in my house. And, and just having that secureness, I think has allowed me to free back up again. I feel like I'm 16 again and I'm having a lot of fun with the way I'm putting songs together yeah, and my yeah, lyrics yeah. and like, I'm, so I'm, I'm like, that, uh, man, I hope all my fans from like my first album are still riding with me because they're definitely about to get the best of me. And I don't, you know, God bless everyone else that had to slow down, but there is no slow down in me right now. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, definitely yeah. about to see the best side martial law you've seen. And you know, I'm I'm glad that you said that. First of all, congratulations on the new house. I, I it made Thank me you. think about this idea that um it just speaks so much to your testament of how much you love this, right? Because you, even in the process of, you know, trying to take care of, like, things like getting a new house and developing family and, 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 you know, all of that is a process, right? You could have easily been thrown off. So, like, to me, it's like you're reaping the benefits, you know, of of your sticking to it, right? You're sticking to your love and doing it side by side with, all of the other things that you needed to do to get, you know, your family right. and life together. So kudos to you, man. It, it, it's, um, Thank it's, you. it's, 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 it's rewarding to hear you get to a place like this. Um, because so Thank many you. people start out and they really feel like this is the way I'm going to just stick to, uh, to the music or to the art and I ain't got no plan B <laughs> and they go for it. And some people make it and some people don't, but it's also, <laughs> It's also beautiful to see that there are people that are also also making it by doing, you know, you know, whatever they got to do, whether it's holding down a job and still side by side, grinding it out all the way through to the point where they get to be where you are now, where they're, um, they're reaping the the benefits of their hard work. So, right. I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, I sense good things because I definitely am a spiritual guy and I don't have any attachment to the outcome anymore. And that was always a piece that I was missing. Wow. Like they say, you're, you're not supposed to be attached to the outcome because if you are like, you're always worrying and shit. And <clears throat> I have no worry in me now. Like whatever happens is fine. Like I'm good. And I've never felt like this before until now, which wow. makes me feel really comfortable. So I sense good things are on the way. Wow. That's great, man. 
So, Cy Marshall, thank you again, man. I just want to tell our listeners out there to keep checking for us every Friday. We put out a new episode. Um, so always keep, you know, keep on the lookout. We're on outtheboxmedia.com. That's our main website. You can find all of the shows there. You can also find us on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find, just look up Out The Box Talks, O-U-T-D-A-B-O-X Talks, and you'll find our shows. Uh, also go to the website and subscribe so we can keep you updated with everything as far as Out The Box is concerned, especially with the podcast. So you just go to our menu tab, hit um, the subscribe tab, and then the rest is history. And, you know, just keep keep on the lookout, man. Again, shout out to my co-host, A-Level, who will likely be back on the show at some point really soon. Again, Cy Marshall Law, thank you so much. You know, if you guys have not gotten a chance to check out that Crossroads album, go check it out, or just check out some of Cy's music. I know it's all over, like, digital the digital social platforms, man. And it's also on Bandcamp, I believe, right? Your music? Yes. Right, yeah, right. it is. It is. So, yeah, I'm man. I'm Marshall Law with three L's. Yes, yes, yes. And give your socials so people know where to find you. Yeah, I was lucky, lucky, to, um, lucky enough to have the same tag across all my socials. So it's yeah. at C-Y-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-L-A-W at Sam Marshall Law. So, yeah, Instagram, Twitter. Wherever you, they're, they're all sound motion law. So yeah, holler at me, add me, follow me. I'll, I'll probably follow you back. <laughs> all right, all right. And that, and and on that note, man, we're gonna be out of here again. Everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, peace, love, and light. Much love, and we out. All right, peace, love, and light, and we out. <laughs> <laughs>